I got a billion dollar mindset, steady as a flow, navigating all my time spent, letting niggas know. Billion dollar, billion dollar. Hey yo, what is going on? Welcome to the show, Into the Mind. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, and I'm a parkour athlete turned real estate investor. I spent the last eight years of my life studying mindset of elite performers and applying those lessons to my own life. In my pursuit for success, I've sought out wisdom from mentors who are doing exactly what I want to do in all areas of life. So I've asked that they share their wins and losses with me, and in my search for those answers, this podcast was born. I wanted to share that valuable advice that I was receiving from successful entrepreneurs investors and world-class athletes so thank you all for tuning in this show is for free and my guests do give their precious time to be here so i do ask for something in exchange to show our thanks i ask that the price of admission be you share this if you get any value you go onto your social media you share it with your friends you share it with your family you share it with your co-workers you share it with people in the streets look my goal is to influence 1 million people to invest in themselves and to unlock their own potential and i can't do that alone all right what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of into the mind i'm your host marlon johnson as you see i'm hanging out in a way cooler studio than my bedroom today and today I'm lucky enough to be joined by my guest, Cody Barton. So Cody is an Arizona-based real estate investor. And through consistent hard work, Cody has become a millionaire in his 20s. And he shows no signs of slowing down. Cody is one of the main factors behind the explosive growth in his wholesale business with his partners. Since Cody joined forces with Pace Morby and now Matthew Baird, their acquisitions and sales have grown exponentially to the point where they're consistently doing just about, I believe, a dozen deals per month while still having time to manage their other businesses, which is insane. So I've been lucky enough to witness Cody work in person. And when I say this dude is focused, I mean, it's literally like watching a concentrated beam of like light, like a laser beam slicing through steel. Like it's insane. Uh, so, I mean... At the same time, while watching him be so focused, he makes me want to work harder, but I also feel like I'm just chilling with my homie at the beach. So today we're going to dive into how Cody got started down the entrepreneurial path, what challenges he's faced along the way, the mindset he had to cultivate in order to produce a seven-figure business, the new challenges that are arising with scaling, and the importance of knowing yourself and your skill set. So Cody, welcome to the show, bro. Dude, happy to be here. Excited to, to chat with you about this today, man. Thanks for having me. Dude, of course, man. So, I mean, I want to dive into it, man, because you have like an interesting story and it didn't just start in real estate investing. So around like when you were younger, around 17, 18, you actually had stepped into multi-level marketing, right? Like what was that like, right? Like a 17-year-old focused on business. What was that like? Yeah. So, I mean, for, for me, it was more of like, I didn't really enjoy, uh, I didn't like school, you know, I, I didn't like uh, junior high and high school is when I started realizing I'm like, I don't really enjoy doing school. I just don't, I don't have a much of an interest here. And I just wanted to make money and I wanted to do things that um, I wasn't able to financially. And so that was where my interest always was through high school. And so I was always doing different things to make, uh, make money, however I could. And when I was 17, my sister actually uh, joined this network marketing company and she introduced me to it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I, I could do something where I can get paid based on like the results that I produce. Like I don't, you know, have to wait um, years to be able to make money. 
And so I got started and, you know, like most people, I struggled the first, you know, three, six, nine months as I was starting off, but I got, you know, some traction going and, you know, it was crazy because I, before I graduated uh, high school, I was, you know, making almost $4,000 a month and I'm like a senior and I'm like, why would I even go to college? I dropped like my, my classes that I needed to be able to get into college. Cause I was like, I'm not going to college. Like I got the plan now. So, you know, I, I was taking a really light schedule at, for my senior year and I was just like, this is what I'm going to do. And so, um, fast forward a few years into doing that. Um, I built a team of a few thousand people all over the world. I, you know, I spent, um, you know, a lot of time in uh, Europe and Norway, Sweden. I had, you know, a thousand plus people and teams out there. I, you know, spoke at conventions in Austria, Vienna, Austria, uh, had teams in Australia, New Zealand that I worked with all over the United States as well. So um, I built that for, you know, four, um, a little over four years, like from like 17 to 21, I did that and uh, learned a lot of great lessons and networked with a lot of great people, which was probably the the biggest thing that came out of that was the network that I gained and the friends that became lifelong friends and like business partners long-term and mentors long-term as well. Um, so that, that kind of, you know, was that initial starting phase, I guess you could say into entrepreneurship for me. Man, dude, I never knew the story went that deep. And it's funny cause I was going to bring it up cause I heard somewhere that like you at one point used to speak and do gigs and like be on stage as a speaker, which is insane. I didn't know that it was taking you all over the world and that you were doing that for about four years. So yeah. you said something, right? You know, essentially like the network, right? Like of what one of the big takeaways was this network. And even over the weekend, you said something to me about like the campfire analogy, right? Of being closer to a fire. How mm -hmm. like important is that ability to go and find the right people to be around? Uh, it's the most important thing because you're, you know, the, your, your friends, the people you associate with and communicate with on a consistent basis or what's going to determine your life. You know, it's like birds of a feather flock together, you know, people that are similar and similar in mind, similar interests. They typically start to, you know, find themselves around other people with those similar interests. And so um, a lot of newer entrepreneurs um, sometimes have a hard time understanding that. And they continue to spend time with dream killers, you know, people that um, have already given up on their dreams. So then when you tell them about your crazy dream that you have, they want to talk down to you, say that, you know, what you're doing stupid. I mean, that that was when uh, I started in a network marketing business. You know, my teachers made fun of me, um, would tease me in class. I, you know, kids that I, were, I was friends with, you know, I lost friendships, um, but I really then I gained new ones. And it's because. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, who starts with you isn't going to be always who finishes with you. So sometimes you have to not even sometimes you have to elevate um, the relationships to where you want to go in life. And so, um, you know, that that was extremely important. My friends were all bums in high school that I was hanging out with. None of them are doing anything. None of them do anything now. Ten years later, most of them are broke. You know, half of them still live with their parents. So it's like, you know, I, I had to elevate and find um, other friends. And that's where a lot of my friends were, you know, became people that were in their mid 20s, their 30s, their 40s and 50s. And they became my closer friends because they had dreams and ambitions and could mentor me and give me insight to, you know, areas that I could improve. And 
uh, you know, that's where it becomes super important because um, especially for newer entrepreneurs to be able to go to the next level, you have to, you know, obviously level up your relationships um, and, you know, level up your circle so that you can actually continue to pursue your lifelong, you know, goal or whatever your mission is, because it's hard. Like business is hard. Like there's nothing like when, you know, anyone that tries to make it seem easy, it's not like network marketing was hard. Real estate was hard. Every business I've ever started and built has been hard challenges around every corner problems every week. But that's part, that's what being in business is. You're a good, you have to be a good problem solver. So, you know, having the right people around you helps you stay um, stay the course because they're going to tell you keep going while those other people that may be in your life that are telling you to stop or stop working so hard or just get a secure job, you know, they've already, you know, killed their dreams and aren't going for their dreams anymore. So you just want to avoid those people at all costs, honestly. <laughs> Man, I love it because that's huge, right? And I think I was talking to you about this a lot over the weekend, just surrounding yourself with the right people. Yep. And also, recognizing that what you said right business is hard no matter what you do yeah. right because people might look and say well cody you're partnered with now pace and matt baird these two amazing individuals business is so easy for you now right like everything yeah. is perfect every deal just works out perfectly and there are no more issues right is what do you say to people like that when they're just convinced that you have a cheat code to life now because you just have the right people on your team I mean, I, I would say, you know, looking back through, through past, like I back to, you know, going back to network marketing real quick at when I was 21 and, you know, I was making over a hundred grand a year from like 17 to 21. And I, you know, I bought all the stupid stuff. Like I bought like designer, I have so much designer crap at my house, but like no one ever sees me wear it. Cause like, I, I, I don't want to sell it cause I bought all of it, but I don't wear it. But this is like, that was the stuff I in, invested in my brand when I was like, you know, 18, 19. So I, uh, you know, I, I spent and basically squandered all my money on cars and, you know, nice clothes and designer stuff. And basically when I was 21, my, that business fell apart and I lost everything. And I, I had to go from living, you know, a very great lifestyle as a 21 year old, um, doing whatever I wanted pretty much to, I ended up having to sell my cars. I had, a, you know, a brand new Beamer and a brand new Jeep. And I had to sell my cars, sell everything, basically um, sell my, I had a nice Breitling watch that I used to have, had to sell everything and move back home to my parents and back to my old room that I had in high school and talk about ego death. Um, just thinking you're on top of the world. So then everything crumbling down. Um, and then people kicking me while I was down of the people that told me that wasn't going to work, you know, they were quiet until, you know, everything came crashing down and they, you know, they started coming out of the woodworks again, letting me know that I was a failure and I was lucky. So, um, you know, it's interesting because obviously that's hard. It's a challenge to go through and, you know, then picked back up in real estate, um, within a couple of years as an agent, I was making, you know, six figures again, um, within a year, pretty much. So it's like right back to you know, doing well, um, but didn't like being an agent. It just wasn't fun. It's not my thing. I didn't like working with clients and, you know, got uh, more focused on the real estate investing. And that's where, you know, eventually met Pace and, you know, we worked, started working together and, you know, long story short, now here we are. But, 
Um, you know, we have multiple businesses doing seven figures a year. Um, you know, a couple of them doing multi seven figures a year, but it's like, we constantly still have challenges. Like there, I'm still like, I have calls with, you know, and you've heard it. Like I have calls with our construction team. It's like projects are certain projects are behind. There's a, you know, a problem on a project. There's, you know, certain, you know, issues that are happening in, in the wholesale business. You have to fire people, hire somebody new, you know, it's like the, the, the challenges are always there. They just start to change. And it does, yes, get easier when you have a good amount of money coming in every month to you. It's like, that's great. Um, but there's still challenge and there's still, there's still problems that you have to deal with. You just have to learn to get better with dealing with those problems and challenges. And so with great partners, yes, it gets easier because you have great partners to lean on and support and kind of, you know, vent stuff to when, you know, challenges are coming up, but um, the, the challenges don't go away. You know, they're, they're always there. You just get better at dealing with them. Right. I remember that's what you said. You're like, listen, like your job as an entrepreneur is go keep putting out fires, right? Yep. You are a fireman that's putting out yep. fires and the fires <laughs> never stop. Yeah. I, like, I love that. And what's funny is you just answered a question that I was going to ask you essentially, you know, diving into what was one of the biggest challenges you went through, right? You know, having it all and then experiencing a place where it all disappeared. Right. And yeah. seeing that everyone comes out and that's when they want to say, like, see, I told you so. Yep. And oh, yeah. Having to create. Everyone. Right. And you had to essentially cultivate and create an extremely resilient mindset, because I think that's even more difficult. Right. The first level of difficulty is convincing yourself you can do it. Then mm -hmm. the second level of difficulty is after it gets pulled away, convincing can yourself that again? you can do it again. And that, yeah, like this may happen. Like, hey, I may lose it all again. Am I willing to go through it? So you're someone that I feel like has a very strong mindset. You work on it. How important is cultivating a, I would say, a, I don't want to say indestructible, but like a bulletproof mindset. How important is that to you? Um, it's super important. I mean, they're like, you still have hard days and bad days, like literally still like there's, you know, certain days of the week where it's just like so many things go sideways, like people, you know, there's problems problem property like there's a big issue you know there's big issues that come up and like where there's days where I get to the end of the day and I'm just like oh my gosh like this is what a day but you know I I just like I just start telling myself different mental tricks which they're kind of cheesy like you know in my head I'm like wow today was a character building day so I'm like you know I'm not like today was a crappy day I'm like you know it, today was a character building day, so, you know, that, so I just kind of talked to myself and my head over it and, you know, kind of just try to gain perspective around like bad things that happen. Um, and, you know, just try to think of it in the, in the best light that I can, you know, with um, things that come up, like uh, you walk the house that I'm going to, that I bought and I'm going to be remodeling and moving into, and there's a big foundation issue there. So, you know, that's going to be expensive. And I was like, for, for like a day, I was just like in the back of my head, I was kind of annoyed and upset about it. And then after another day went by, I'm kind of like, you know, it's kind of inconvenient, but I could probably make a YouTube video around it, which would be cool. Like, how does this get resolved? What do you do? And, you know, then make like a before and after of everything. And so I'm like, I can make a couple of cool YouTube videos around it. Yes, it sucks because it's going to blow up my budget to more than I wanted to spend. But I'm grateful to be in a financial position where it's like that financially isn't going to, 
and destroy me. It's just kind of more inconvenience um, on timeline and, you know, extra money spent. So it's like just changing the language that you have with yourself, I think is really, really important. Um, and, and again, it's like, what are you putting into your head every day? Like if you're putting in the good, the positive, the supportive, the uplifting into your head every day, or are you putting in the crap, like literally like peeing on your brain is watching like CNN news and reading the newspaper and, you know, following people on Instagram that are complaining about their lives, following people on social media that are complaining about the situation. Because I think a lot of people, they spend too much time like caring about what's going on on like the outside world. And it's like the inside world is where um, every, you know, your inner world creates your outer world. So, you know, if people are taking too much time focusing on the externals, then what's going on in between your ears starts to get messed up and it starts to dictate the decisions that you're making. So I just like do my best to protect myself from anything. Like, I don't really know what's going on in the news. Most of the time, I don't, I don't consume any of it. If it's going to affect me, I will get alerted somehow, but I don't care. I literally don't care. And I won't consume any of the negative information. Um, and I think that helps keep my mind right. Cause I just consume the good, the positive, the uplifting. And that's what, you know, operates in my brain while other people are living in fear and, you know, watching and, you know, consuming negative information, which is a big part of it. Just, just making that one change is, you know, a big difference maker. You know, you're absolutely right. And it's funny because I had people, when I started cutting off the news, I had a lot of people tell me, well, how are you going to be informed? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? And I had asked them a very serious question. Well, how is what you watched today going to help me with what I'm trying to do, right? Like, can you solve this problem that I've been dealing with all day? No, but you've been watching the news all day. You're informed. Why can't you solve my problem for me? Or when I would ask them, hey, what did you learn? And they're like, ah, I'm not really sure but they're freaking out a little bit. They're getting panic attacks. They're getting Anxiety. this, they're getting that. And I'm, yeah. yeah, and it was just like, guys, like it's not helping. So it's cool to hear you say that you are able to cut that off and essentially you begin to curate what starts to come in. You filter what's allowed to come in so that you can continue the momentum. You continue to grow, which oh, is, yeah. yeah, it's vastly important. And I found even just like watching the people that you associate with while you're out here, everyone, although they're different, they're of similar thought process when it comes to that, when it comes to, hey, we've got to be very critical about who we allow into this, uh, you know, like Pace uses the word oasis. Oasis, yeah. Right? You know, and it makes a lot of sense, you know. So as you've been essentially evolving and elevating, what have you been doing to ensure that essentially the, the folks around you, right, are quality individuals? Yeah. So, um, one of the things is masterminds. I mean, I've always been seeking out and joining different masterminds and like I seek, I actively seek out and, and do outreach to people that I want to learn from, grow from, network with, become friends with. Um, I don't just try to reach out to anybody. So like, for example, one of the masterminds I joined this year was it's not even a real estate specific one. It's kind of just like, you know, business topics, but this guy, Josh Snow, um, he's 28 years old and has a company that does, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year. So I'm like, Hmm, like my companies are, you know, we haven't broke, uh, eight figures yet, but you know, we're on track that we'll do that probably in 2022 between our companies. Um, 
So I'm like, you know, if I could get around somebody that's, you know, a year older than me that has a company doing nine figures, I could probably get some insight and some ideas on, you know, his thought process and how I could change my thought process to be even better and, you know, just level up relationships like that. So that's what I'm always looking to do is find people that inspire me and encourage me and in different areas too. Like I started, I just started learning how to like, you know, I guess competitively swim um, because I want to do a triathlon and I got a coach that he trains, you know, athletes to do like Ironmans. And it's like, that's, that's an area where I get inspired because he's so talented at what he does. And he's able to teach me, even though it's not like business or finance or related, but that's an area that I can look up to him as a mentor. So just like only really trying to find people that I could you know, look to, to, you know, bring them value, gain value back, um, build a friendship with and, you know, create value in the relationship. So that's, that's what I'm always trying to do. So I'm always looking at masterminds. I'm, you know, looking at, you know, headlines of different companies doing things, Googling people that, you know, are younger that are doing big things and following them on social media. Like those are things that I do to find, you know, people to inspire me and, you know, finding ways to then connect with them. Like most of my mentors after network marketing have all came from finding people on social media, intentionally reaching out to them. And then most of the time it ended up being some way that I bought a product they had, a coaching product they had, or a mastermind that they ran and became, I was able to enter into the circle by paying my way. And a lot of people, they, um, you know, they bash people that join masterminds or pay for, you know, things like that. But they're like, oh, like that's, you know, that's a waste of your money. It's like, is it really a waste of my money to go put myself in a room with people that have hundred million dollar companies? Like how to, like, what is that going to do for me as a person and like learning how these individuals do that. So um, always just finding a way to be around people and in whatever regard, like I said, with like the swim coach, it's like, I could be around him and I'm going to get better at that. I could find somebody to, that's really good at, um, you know, business or a certain element of business and I could get around them and then I could learn to get better at that. So I think it's just being intentional around what you're looking to get. I think a lot of people, they wander aimlessly in their relationships with like friends and, you know, outreaches. So I think it's important. Dude, I love that. Right. Because, you know, I think we were talking about this a little bit at dinner last night where I was saying like, even like I noticed this in parkour and skateboarding. So I love that you bring swimming into it where it doesn't just have to be business. Mm -hmm. And when you start finding people that are doing it at a higher level, you go and you be around them and you figure out how you just start picking it up. Like whether yeah. you're trying to or not, you're going to start to become like what you're around. Yep. So I like that you basically like you utilize that and you get strategic about it. And I love what you said. You got focused in the sense of you knew the outcome you were looking to achieve. And that's another thing that I want to basically like say, like, thank you. Cause you showed me this right over the weekend. I got to see between you, between Matt, between Pace, between a handful of people I spent time with here in Arizona, I got to see you all have a level of self-awareness, right? You've all figured out, hey, this is who I am. And then you own the hell out of it. And I think it's a struggle for a lot of folks because I know I personally struggled with it where we're trying to emulate someone else and we're Mm -hmm. basically emulating almost like what they're doing on the outside but if we were truly emulating them, we would be copying the fact that they're being themselves. So that means we should just be ourselves and see what really vibes with us and enter into the world like that. So how would you say that you started to figure out yourself? Because when I look at you and like when I talk to you, 
I see a person that's like, all right, he's figured out himself enough. And I'm sure there's always more discovery to be made, but there's a deeper level of self-awareness than I find in pretty much 90% of people I meet. Yeah. Um, well, I think a lot of people, they just, they're trying to be something that they're not. And I think that's the, I, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it all the time. It's like, stop trying to be what you're not. Like if you, if you're, think you're meant to be like a video editor and maybe you're not trying to be a freaking business tycoon, make a million dollars a month. And you want to be the best video editor and make, you know, 60, 70, 80 grand a year and just be freaking stoked about life. It's like, you should do that. So I think it just comes to like, I'm just doing what I want to do. So that's, that's kind of what I've always done since. um, And I've been very stubborn in that way. And there's like good aspects and, you know, obviously some negatives to it too. Right. But I'm just super stubborn and like, this is what I'm doing. Like, this is the business I'm building and I'm going to succeed or I'm going to die. Like, that's kind of always my mentality. It's just like that. I think if, if people had enough resolve for themselves of like, no, this is what I'm doing or I'm, I'm literally going to die. Like there's no other option. I think too many people give themselves an out um, that prevents them from being able to continue moving forward. Um, And then the, uh, you know, just the self-awareness, it's like, just do what you like doing. Like too many people are trying to be something they're not. There's all these fake entrepreneurs on Instagram and the entrepreneur in their bio, but they have, they don't have a work ethic to actually build a business to be successful. Um, But they just want to look up a certain part or a certain way. And I think just more people need to spend time finding out what, what's important to them and finding out how they could do more of that. Because if, if you can do what you like doing every day and like you're, you're working kind of in your passion and your purpose, then life's good. Like I, I truly feel like that every day I get to work on the things that I enjoy to do. Obviously there's certain things, like there's always aspects, right? There's certain things I don't like doing. Like this morning, I I haven't done a really good admin day in a while where there's like just things that have to be caught up. Like I need to get back to the bookkeeper on some things. I need to get like, you know, make sure review some of the tax docs and just different miscellaneous things. So like I spent a couple hours doing that this morning. Do I love doing that? Not at all. It's actually my least favorite thing to do. But now I feel really good because now I don't have to mess with it probably for a couple more months because I'm really caught up on everything. So, you know, there's always going to be pieces that you don't love. But if in general, like, most of what you're able to do on a daily basis is like within that purpose of what makes you happy, then you're going to be a successful person because you're doing what makes you happy. And you can't long-term do something that you hate. Um, It's just, I mean, you can, but you'd be a pretty miserable person. So it's like, if you kind of fit in that, like knowing what you you're good at doing what you enjoy, that kind of fits in that same mold. And then you could just do that forever because you're doing what you like and you're good at it. So you're like, life's good. <laughs> it's funny. I was just having this conversation this morning. So it's really ironic that we're talking about it now. And that's your answer, right? And I'm going to hold my thumb up because I'm thinking about something I want to come back to, which is your work ethic, because it is insane. Like, I do appreciate your work ethic and I want to dive back into it. I want people to understand that. And at the same time, I want to bring up something that's super important to me that you speak about and you've literally, whether you know it or not, you've been like unlocking my brain a lot in the last few days and even through your content on YouTube, which is freaking awesome. Like people, I'm gonna give them the link at the end to go check out your YouTube. But you talk about a lot with the regards to money, the relationship to money, Mm -hmm. right? And 
changing the way we think about money, changing the blueprint we have about money, right? You recommend the book often secrets of the millionaire mind, which I absolutely love. And the first night when we were in town and we were sitting down having dinner, I was telling Pace actually this morning, you guys said the word, like you guys said the word money more than I had ever heard it in my entire life. And it wasn't in a way where it was like yucky, nasty, evil or anything. It was just like a very part of the conversation. And I learned, I was like, okay, you know what? It's something that needs to be spoken about because it's not gaining the money. It's what you do with it. And then once you have a good cause with it, there's nothing wrong with going and obtaining it. So can you talk a little bit about the mindset that you have around money? Because then afterwards, I'm going to want to come back to your work ethic because I want people to recognize the correlation between the two. Yeah. um, Well, I think it's like, you know, whatever you focus on tends to grow. So, you know, you focus on the good, the pleasant, the positive, you're going to attract the good, the pleasant, the positive, you focus on negative, you get negative. Um, If you focus on making money, you're going to make money. And so um, I think with, with the relationship to money, we all, you know, I don't want to say we all have, because then I'm just assuming, um, but there's a lot of people like myself growing up that I had negative money uh, blueprint that, you know, making money was hard. Making money is a challenge. Money is something that is very difficult to do. Um, And you have to be some sort of very special person to be a very high earner. Nobody in my family made tons of money. Um, Both my parents, uh, my mom, I don't believe uh, ever really made uh, more than a hundred grand a year. And then I think my dad, um, he'd make kind of a little over that. Um, Once I was older, when I was younger, it wasn't even close to that. Like they were both working multiple jobs to support the family. We were living in a duplex in California when I was little. So, um, you know, there is just lots of negative conversations around money. Like my grandparents, you know, I remember them saying like, they'd make like little comments about somebody that's like, you know, a billionaire and that they just must be evil to be able to, they must've taken advantage of a lot of people to be able to get to where they are or, you know, what, uh, you know, money that money doesn't grow on trees. When I would ask for like certain presents for my birthday when I was little, um, then, you know, just those little comments that a lot of people have heard and like, you know, people can recite them. It's like, you know, money is the root of all. And then people fill in the blank evil, right? It's like, no, it's not true. Money actually does a lot of good. If you, if you're a good person, like you're going to do good with money. If you're a bad person and you get money, you're probably going to do more bad things with it. So, um, and that's my belief around it. So I think people just have to kind of recognize like, where are they at with the relationship to money? And it's really, I, it's really sad when I see certain people and they have a horrible relationship to money. And, you know, if I try to encourage them, if they ask for advice and then they kind of get defensive around their beliefs and it's like, until you become self-aware enough of, okay, if I don't have any money, there's a reason, like, obviously there's a reason I don't have money or money is always a struggle. It's because I have something going on up here. That's not allowing it to to happen because remember our inner world creates our outer world. And so if your inner world's all jacked up around money, you're never going to be able to have any money because you're always going to sabotage yourself some way. You're going to build a business and it's going to crumble. You're going to get some money and you're going to, you know, blow it because you mentally can't handle money. So that's why a lot of lottery winners within a couple of years, they go broke again. They're used to making 40 grand a year. They get $2 million in a lump sum. Yeah. They're going to blow it. They don't have the, financial, you know, wherewithal of what to do with, uh, with that money. Right. So that's, that's where people have to look at, um, kind of what's going on in their head. 
um, and, and do work on that. So, you know, my challenge would be to anybody listening to this is like, okay, if you don't have money and money has always been a struggle for you, that that's okay. It's just like become self-aware of that. Okay. I must not understand the game of money because if I did, I would have some money and more of it in abundance. And, and, and if you're in that position, that's like the, that's like the best stage to start because you're able to be like most people are unconsciously incompetent, meaning that they don't even know that they don't know. So that's like the worst place to be. Like I'm, I don't even know that I don't know that I have a really bad money blueprint. That's where most people are. If you can at least get to the stage of consciously incompetent, like I know that I don't know what I'm doing with money. Like that's a good place to be because then you at least know and you're not in denial about it, right? So, because if you can go to consciously incompetent, that means that there's a path to consciously competent where then you know that you know what you're doing with money. And then you start to transcend over time to eventually unconsciously competent, which is where you know you you subconsciously without even thinking, just know and have a good relationship with money that allows you to be successful financially and in continuation where that's where people think, oh, you have the golden touch or the magic touch or everything you do succeeds, right? So that's where that begins to happen, but it all starts from not even knowing that you don't know to then going to, I know that I don't know to then I know, and I know if I think about it to then I know without thinking about it. So it's those stages that you have to go through and, you know, it, it takes time. Like I've been studying money and, you know, business and finance and these things since I was 16, I'm 27. So yeah, I've had some time to read a lot of books on it and talk to a lot of people with money and learn from them. So there's, there's, you know, a lot to it. <laughs> Dude, I freaking love it, man. Because like you just laid out a whole blueprint. Hopefully people were listening to that and they go back and re-listen to that like three more times. Cause you really just laid out a blueprint and it's funny, right? Cause it's something that um, Jim Rohn says, right? If you want to be successful, study the successful. If you want to be healthy, yeah. study health. If you want to get money, study money. And yeah. the fact that you just said you've been studying it from the time you were 16, right? So essentially you've put in over 10, 11 years yeah. of study on the topic, right? And it's in the last few years that you're really seeing it explode and really start to, you know, give fruit, right? You planted mm -hmm. the seed all those years ago and yep. you just kept watering the seed over and over and over and planting more and more seeds. So now you're able to come harvest time reap. Yeah, it's yep. insane. I love it. And this is why I wanted to tie it back to the hard work and to the work ethic, right? Because you've now coupled the mindset with the work ethic. And for people that haven't seen you work before, like you do get focused, man. I the other night they were telling me a story about how when you were in the game as a real estate agent, and how you were just at the phones, right? You were just dialing away just till your fingers bled. How when you stepped into wholesale, you would call Monday through Friday. And then on Saturdays, when the people who didn't pick up during the weekday, you would go and knock on their doors, yep. right? That's crazy work ethic. And you decided like, hey, it's a numbers game. I got to put in my reps. Mm -hmm. Let me put in my reps. A lot of times I think folks ask for the secret or the shortcut as a way of getting away from doing the work and yep. the shortcut is do the work faster, do the work sooner. Yeah. Just get the work done. hundred percent. And then like knowing, like I knew I wasn't the best at sales and I didn't like doing it either. So I'm like, all right, like I already know that I'm not great at the sales process, but if I do it consistently and I'm just doing the deal, like taking the action, 
results are going to come from it. And so that's, that's what I did um, was use that as my crutch is like, you know, I may not be the best, but I'm going to, I'm going to take the most swings, you know, it's like, um, you know, a story. I can't remember where I heard the story from. It might've been like a Jim Rohn story, but um, where, yeah, it was a Jim Rohn story where he would talk about is like, you know, I would be, you know, you're trying to do sales appointments and, you know, this is, this really resonated with me because this is where I was. It's like, you know, I could be um, going against somebody that's maybe one of the better salespeople that, you know, is out there and maybe they can close nine out of 10 appointments that they go to. And maybe I only can close one out of 10. If we go on like a 30 day competition, I'm going to find a way to beat them. And you say, well, how can you beat them? They can close nine out of 10 and you could only close one out of 10. Well, I'm going to go on a hundred appointments and close 10 and they're going to go on 10 and close nine. It's like, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get what I need um, from the result, you know, from the business that I'm, that I'm in. Um, and I'm not saying that, yes, I want to go do sales and I want to do that, but it's like having like the conscious understanding that, Hey, if I can only close this amount, I just need to do more of it so I can get that same result that I'm looking for. Um, and being okay with that, like too many people, they compare themselves. It's like, you can look at pace and where he's an amazing closer. And if people try to be like pace and close the way that he can close, they're probably going to fail because he's amazing at doing it it's like there's not many people i know that's that are better i don't even i can't think of anyone that's better at sales than pace honestly like i just can't so um you know it's like going in a competition with him probably going to have your work cut out for you it'd be pretty challenging to beat him right so um that's where you know you just have to not try to compare and instead just you know 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 what you can do as a person and then you know, take the action to get the results that, um, the, the best results that you can for your person and your talent level. Dude. I mean, that's so spot on. And I, I love it because it really, like you said, it's that mindset of, Hey, if the way isn't quite there, right. I'm going to create the way yep. right? recognizing like, all right, well, the simple way is saying, well, I'm only going to have 10 appointments. So I'm only going to be able to close one deal. Well, no, I'm going to make a new way. I'm just going to outdo everyone by numbers. I'm going to figure out what is working and then mm -hmm. put the formula together and do the work. So I freaking love that about you, man. Like it's seriously, it's inspiring. So with this, right, you've done the work, right? You have put in the work, you have put in the mindset work and you've now scaled, right? You're at a place where you've never quite been here before. You have multiple businesses running with you. What's one of the newest challenges that you've run into at this point where this is something that maybe people just don't know exist or like what's a new challenge that you're facing at this scale? Um, I would say people are become like the biggest challenge. It's like figuring out, you know, people and, you know, uh, with having a lot of people involved in what we're doing, like making sure that we're working as efficiently as possible. Um, and, you know, hiring the right people, firing people when they need to be fired. And, you know, just kind of dealing with that is, I think is our the biggest challenge and it's not like we have a lot of great people on um in our teams and in our businesses so like i'm not in any way complaining on that regard but it's just like as you continue to grow you have to hire more people faster and so like hiring fast enough to keep up with the growth to then make sure that the business can run the way that it needs to and continue to to grow with you know, the, the resources that, that we have. So I would say that's probably the biggest one. Um, and, and then being able to do like additional forecasting, it's like, okay, trying to 
you know, forecast like where every different business is going to be over the next quarter, the next six months, the next 12 months, and, you know, making sure that we're allocating, you know, funds. And, you know, so it really just becomes about finding more talented people um, because I, I, I don't, I have a few skills that are really, really good that I'm really good at, but there's a lot of things I'm not good at. I'm not good at, you know, advanced spreadsheets and financial forecasting. So I found a CFO to help us do that. I'm not great at hiring and I hate firing people and I'm not good at backend HR processes and I don't understand the laws. So we found an HR consulting company to help us with that. Um, I don't like doing sales. We hire salespeople. Um, I don't like doing like system analysis. Like that's a new hire that we just hired. Like, yes, I like systems. I like the system of identifying like something we're doing and laying it out to, so it flows in the proper way it should flow. And then putting those people, it's like the conveyor belt of whatever business that I'm building. And I like to, to look at the conveyor belt and see all the things that need to happen to get this end product and then put the people into place on that conveyor belt to then get that end product as efficiently as possible. That's what I like to do. Um, but if you put me in most of the roles of our different team members, I wouldn't do a good job. They all do a way better job than I would. I just understand how, where they all need to be so that our end product can be successful. So um, that that's probably the biggest challenge is like the people bringing on the right people consistently. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I would say is definitely the people. That's freaking awesome, man, because that's even, um, it makes me think of like Andrew Carnegie, right? And when they talk about like, when he talks about himself, it's like what made him so successful. And he was one of the wealthiest men of his time. Yep. He said it was essentially his ability to control and command people, yep. right? being able to put people in the right place, right? And all the greats, Get you know, Henry Ford. Together. Exactly. So here's an interesting question I have for you. Do you feel that people are, found or people are made right so when you find like when there are these great people that come to you are they cultivated and groomed or are they already who they need to be and they're found or is it maybe even a mix of the both so and i haven't mastered this i still this is something i have to get better at but i think you find great people and then you help great people get uh training based on what you need the help with so like if we like a salesperson, like I'd rather hire a great person that has good sales tendencies that can then be a little bit more molded into a better salesperson because you can't train attitude. You can't train work ethic. You can't train, you know, the, those emotional intelligence things of just like situational awareness. Like I, I just can't do that. So I like to find people that are situationally aware, people that have empathy, people that can think for themselves. They can critically solve things um and then obviously it depends on the position too right like we hired an it security guy like he needs to understand it and security like i don't understand that stuff so i need him to so i don't have to and he could implement the stuff so you know it's like i think it's more important to hire based on like the individual themselves than exactly their whole resume because if you put someone in front of me that's a total butthole but they're really good and they have a great resume. Like, I don't want to hire them. I don't want to work with them. Like I, I want anyone that we hire that I could have like a pretty easy going conversation with. And I don't feel like I'm walking on eggshells because like, they're going to get like upset about something I say, or they're going to get offended or, you know, they're, I just have to like communicate with them in some special way. It's like, I don't want to do that. So I like to find the, the good people and that have the right, uh, the right skill sets and, you know, help them, you know, uh, kind of learn 
what we're doing and kind of grow into what they're doing. I think that's, I think that's more important. Like it's way easier to do that. I love it, man. Like that culture over the skill set because you could teach the skills, but you can't necessarily teach and train culture. Yep. So, dude, I know you got to run at two o'clock, so I want to be super respectful of your time. I've got two final questions, really actually a third one if we get to it, but two final yep. questions I like to ask people at the end of every show. So these first two, number one, I know you're a big reader. You love reading. And we already named one book, which is Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Aside yep. from that book, can you name two other books that have been absolute paradigm shifts for you? You picked these books up, you read them, and your mind never quite went back to being the same. And it could be um, anything, not just real estate. Um, honestly, I would say um, it's really, really hard. I want to keep one a little bit more generic for outside of real estate. So I'm going to say Laws of Success by Napoleon Hill. That would be the first one. Um, that's the non-watered down version of Think and Grow Rich. That's the expanded version of Think and Grow Rich. Like Laws of Success was written in the 1920s. And then like the elite in society wanted to basically not allow that book to be for public knowledge. So it was kind of hidden away. And then it got republished into Think and Grow Rich in the 1930s. So the Laws of Success is the thicker, better version of Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich is still a great book. Laws of Success is just a thicker version of that. So that's a phenomenal book. Um, I love that one just for overall life success. And then uh, business, I would say any of Mike McCallowick's books. So his books, Profit First, um, Clockwork, um, Pumpkin Plan, Anything by Mike McCallowitz, the author of Profit First, literally any of his books, or I, I think he has the best series of business books um, that, that there is. And I have to sneak in one more, it's, uh, Who Not How. That's another, that's another great one. Dude, you guys have been saying that book for the last like week, and it is like the title alone is drilled into my mind. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's even just thinking about the titles, making me change the way I think about everything. Yep. So I love the book recommendations. People are hopefully going to be able to find that in the description below. Yeah. Now, final question here. Let's imagine tomorrow morning you wake up, right? And when you wake up, you are a blank slate. I mean, you don't remember anything. You don't remember the time you spent reading, the time you spent building the business, network marketing. You don't remember any of your friends, relationships, mm -hmm. nothing. Now, when you wake up, you do know that you're safe, right? So it's not like a scary movie. It's not a Saw movie. So you're in a good position. But... You're just like blank. And as you start to come to consciousness, you start to have a thought that bubbles up into your mind. And that first thought that comes up, you just accept it as truth. You don't question it. You don't doubt it. You just fully and wholeheartedly take it and you begin to rebuild everything else. So that first thought is your foundation. What would you want that thought to be? Man, that's deep. Um, like, I'm... Mm probably like if it is to be it is up to me like I'm I'm gonna figure it out that's always been like one of my lingering like favorite things that I I used to write it on my uh and like my affirmations like for years and I would just write that so it's like ingrained in my head so that was like the first thing that I thought of was if it is to be it is up to me and it's like you know any area of life so it's just like taking full responsibility and I'm just gonna figure it out dude I absolutely love that Yo, so Cody, for all the people now that have been listening to you for about an hour that are like, yo, this guy's freaking rad and they want to get in contact with you, they want to connect, how should they go about finding you? 
Um, you can go, you could find me on YouTube, literally just type in Cody Barton on YouTube. I am not the football player. There's apparently some football player named Cody Barton as well, but that's not me. Um, and then you could find me on, on Instagram as well. Cody Barton official on there. So those are the two uh, best places where I'm most active to connect with. Awesome. So I'm going to put that in the description below for everybody. So you guys can just click on the link, connect with Cody. If something resonated with you in this episode, reach out, let him know, send him a DM, tag him and share the knowledge pass it along if it was helpful to you share it with everyone else and yo really go check out cody's page i'm not kidding it is just value upon value especially i love the videos where you break down the situation you break down your mindset behind the business you break down what you're working on and even the ones where you break down how you think about money like those are my favorite because no one is ever brave enough to talk about that because everyone feels a weird stigma behind it and it's been super helpful for me. So thank you so much. So Cody, I appreciate you for coming on, man. And I look forward to doing things with you in the future. Amazing, Marlon. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Heck yeah, bro. Okay, guys. So I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean anything, if one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below, let people know what that thing was, let us know what it was, we do read all of the comments, and absolutely share this with a friend, that is how we help each other, okay, the best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow, send that out to your friends, help them grow, Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe. Make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.